Welcome to the No Rain, No Rainbows podcast. This is a show about pushing through obstacles and hard times in order to live a happy and fulfilled life. I'm your host, Ted Fayton, and it's a pleasure to have you joining us. I hope you enjoy today's episode. Let's grow. What's going on, guys? Welcome to another episode of the No Rain, No Rainbows podcast. It's a pleasure to have you. And as always, shout out to our executive producer, Andre Sellers with Sellers Solution, helping make this podcast possible. I'm excited. My guests just get in the water. Nice sip. Getting the lips wet. Ty yeah, Washington, ladies and gentlemen. Ready to have some conversations, man. So, you know, thank you for having me. Appreciate everything. This is a great little space. So, I'm, you know. I'm, Beautiful. I'm, didn't know about it, so you always find out something different about Greenville when you kind of get outside your comfort zone. So, Absolutely. Yeah. Well, shout out to Camaraderie for hosting us to uh, record this podcast. Ty, I want to introduce you to the audience or have you introduce yourself to the audience in case they haven't heard from you, haven't heard of you. Why don't you let them know who you are and what it is you do, man? Um, the name's Ty Washington, like you know, it was already said. Uh, I come from Flint, Michigan. Um, parents divorced, moved down here when my mother, she did a cost of benefit or a cost of living analysis, which is really weird to find out that people actually do that kind of stuff. She did a cost of living analysis and found that the cost of living, it, you had a higher, uh, I don't know how you would frame it. Um, you had more purchase power, purchasing yeah. power down here in South Carolina for the amount that she was going to make. Uh, she was a respiratory therapist, came down here. I've been in South Carolina, uh, since 93. 394. So I've been here for a while. Um, currently, I'm in IT. Uh, got my degree from the College of Charleston in philosophy. And I'm obviously not using my degree right now, which is what most people do. Um, yeah. Go ahead and get that piece of paper and then get a job doing something completely different than what you studied uh, for in, in college. And so, uh, you know, just an average dude, man. Just yeah. living life, just trying to make it one day at a time. And just from our conversation before, I love your insights. I love some of uh, some of your thoughts and the way your mind works. I want to jump on something you just said in terms of go ahead, get that piece of paper, and then work a job that has nothing to do with it. What are your thoughts on college education, man? Uh, so it's it's a double edged sword. Like I'm I'm a huge proponent of education. Education is incredibly important, and that's how you discover who you are as a person because uh, it takes you out of your comfort zone mm -hmm. um, and and inundates you in in an environment where you're forced to push your boundaries. So you kind of get to expand, you get to grow a little bit. Uh, but I don't like the uh, prohibitive cost of it because that prevents some people from having that experience. Um, College is a place where you're supposed to be challenged to learn. That's actually where you learn to learn, right? Like yeah. Because now you aren't being, you don't have like your parents, you know, keeping you accountable, making sure you get your work done. You've got entirely too many options in front of you. And so you determine whether or not you're going to be the person that's the studious student that goes to work and gets it done like a bookworm. Or do you drag yourself out of bed, you know, right before class rang because you had a couple too many drinks at the at the yeah. party the other night, and, and so you get to you get to experience um, a lot of those extremes that you that are like present in life, kind of like the yin and yang. And if you are like a decent person, like if you are able to kind of identify with who you are becoming as a person, mm -hmm. um, then you kind of walk out of that situation better off. Which one were you? Um, I was a little column A, a little column B. Um, yeah. In the beginning, I was. You know, uh, a little rough around the edges. <laughs> finally, finally got some time away from home, and you know, somebody was like, "Hey, man, you want to come down and drink some beer out of this 
giant keg. And I was like, I don't even know what a keg is because my family up north, super religious. Yeah. Like I didn't, I, I didn't even know there were like secular songs. Like I grew up in a super, like a, a church of God in Christ establishment. Like my family, uh, bishops, they're like members. They were in the hierarchy for the church. So I didn't uh, get to do anything. I remember uh, there was one year uh, I found a station on yeah. the radio and uh, I don't remember the whole song, but I remember parts of it. It was like, we're going to. Here's some funky Dixieland. Pretty mama's gonna take you by the hand. Okay. Right? And my dad heard that. Cancel that. Radio gone. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, I was like, dude, you listen to the devil's music? I was like, I I I didn't know the devil was talking about some Dixieland. I know I know he got down like that. So yeah. <laughs> so yeah, uh it was tough in that respect. But I did get to experience like some really amazing music. Um, Like the Clark sisters were from up north, man. I got to experience them. And like, we would listen to choirs that would make your hair stand up. Nice. Like, so um, yeah, it it was, it was a a different, it was a different environment Um, being more inundated with like the worldly secular things. And so, yeah, you know, I love that because I asked that question because I think a lot of people start having that self discovery in college. When you mentioned education being important, I agree 100%. I do think the cost of education, the schooling system that we have it right now almost makes it, it makes that education, um, a great tool to have, mm-hmm. but that student loan debt is also like, Hey, here is, uh, the best running shoes in the world, but we're going to put this ball and chain on your ankle. You got to run the 100 meter. It's like, hey, we're going to let you run the 100 meter. Um, you who doesn't have a lot of disposable income, doesn't come from a lot. We're going to give you guys the best, the same shoes, but you get to run in quicksand. My man over here gets to run on a track. <laughs> Good luck. So like, why is it taking you so long to get to the finish line? It's like, I, um, because it's all this quick. Trying to get, <laughs> get like, out. Well, what do you think, I guess, is a way to navigate that? Because there's a lot of people listening right now who probably have the same experience as you in terms of, hey, I have a college degree. I'm working a job that has nothing to do with my college degree. I was lucky enough that my college degree got me into my dream job. I studied broadcast meteorology. It took me some time to get that job. I had to be creative, start my own business to get experience in order to get a job in TV. I used to watch you and Charles on Instagram, man, when y'all had those little videos. Little rain alerts and stuff. (laughs) (laughs) Well. I mean, getting into weather, it, it was a task. But yeah. then switching over to the anchor desk had nothing to do with my degree. And here I am in a position where my work experience is what gave me that opportunity, my ability to learn, uh, excel, uh, apply myself, being self-educating is important. But I guess how would somebody navigate the waters right now if someone's contemplating college or not? What would you tell them? Um, I mean, it, not it's... It, it's not a, a one size fits all, right? So some people have to go to college because they have, like, they want to be a doctor or something like that, right? If that's your dream, that's your goal, you can't get to that without going through college. It's a, a necessary thing. Um, technical schools are a huge option, and a lot of people kind of poo poo on a technical school because it doesn't seem it's like it's on the same tier because you usually associate the collegiate experience with like sports. And going to a big university and the campus and the mascots. And then you're like, well, you got Harvard on the hill here, Greenville Tech. And it's like, well, you know, yeah. always a dingy. <laughs> like, <laughs> but uh, what a lot of people miss in that is that the education that you're getting isn't just book smarts, right? It's like you learning yourself. Like you're learning what environments you can put yourself in and be successful. And so when we were talking about me being a little bit of both, a little column A, a little column B, I learned that I did enjoy 
going and, you know, standing upside down, drinking out of a keg or playing some beer pong and just like slaying it. But then when it came time to get my studies done, I wasn't doing so well. I was usually pretty good in school. I was like, yo, my grades aren't doing phenomenally well right now. Like, what's the problem? Yeah. It's easy to point to someone else. Well, they didn't invite me to this party. Like, well, you know, I chose to go to that. So education is really important in that it allows you the time to get to know yourself. You're educating yourself on yourself. And so you can find what environments in which you will thrive and which ones you will not. Um, but as far as the cost, I, I, I mean... We, that's a, a completely different conversation yeah. that you can go super deep into that. I, I don't believe that education should be as cost prohibitive as it is because it prevents a lot of people who need to have that moment of self-discovery, that eureka moment, you know, like mm -hmm. that epiphany, that coming to whatever you want to call it. Um, they are denied that because their families can't afford to send them off to have that experience. Yeah. And when you aren't afforded the opportunity to get to discover yourself, you're kind of trapped in a little in a, a crappy rat race especially if you're impoverished and only thing that you'll know is like what you see around you and you kind of will adapt to that mentality and you know you kind of you kind of hamstring yourself and absolutely so. i mean that was beautifully described and beautifully said because i think the college experience as it in itself is something that can be priceless yeah. but if you if you go through that college experience you come out into a normal job you reference the rat race. That's what a lot of us find ourselves in. How now, as you transition out of college and, and you're, you're, you're going into your career, how do you navigate those waters? How did you navigate those waters to kind of get to where you are now, some challenges that you overcome along the way and strategies that you've used? Because I'd like some of the listeners right now who might be trying to tackle their student loan debt. Yeah. They might be working a job that has nothing to do with their degree. They're looking at that side gig that they're trying to get off the ground, but of course they still have their obligations at work. They're trying to balance everything. Maybe they have a, a wife or a husband, a kid that they're taking care of. There's a lot to handle. How do you navigate that and how, how did you experience it yourself, the strategies you used, and some advice you can give to folks as they go through that oh. journey themselves, man? I mean, still navigating it. Like, So I, I don't think anyone's ever fully through that like so let, let's just let's just go ahead and say that there's no finish line until you're finished right uh so i would say find something that you can put your heart behind something that kind of excites you uh if you find yourself in a situation like in a job where you dread waking up like you dread that drive to work <laughs> that means you need to you spent time learning about yourself so you need to find some kind of motivator to get you out of that. Find a catalyst that'll push you off to do something else. And, you know, push your boundaries. Try something different. Try something new. Just because um, someone tells you that's that this particular job should be what you should be doing or this career looks right for you, they're not you, right? Yeah. Um, and so it's always good to take counsel from others and listen, uh, but you always have to find the time to kind of prescribe to yourself what your voice is going to be. Kind of take your own pen and start writing your own story. And the way that that's helped me in, in my life is to be able to find some space, to find some silence, to kind of quiet the noise. It, it's easy to get incredibly distracted by things, right? And everyone's got the same 24 hours in a day. Everyone experiences the same seven days a week. We all go around the sun, same time, one time every year. So some people are able to maximize that and others don't. And then the people who don't look at the people who did and they try to find excuses why it is that they got what they got and they didn't get it. They start yeah. looking for extraneous things like you were lucky or you were born tall or your name's LeBron James or whatever. I mean, 
you got to you got to be able to find something that brings you peace where you can be satisfied with what it whatever it is you're investing your time into because eventually that's the not eventually that's the only thing that we have like is our time right and the people that you find who are most miserable and unhappy are spending their time like people that go to the bar all the time right go and spend all your money then at the end of the month, he's like, yo, I got too many bills at the end of my, my checks. Like, yeah. <laughs> I got too much. I got too much month at the end of my check. It's like, well, you have to be able to regulate that and find some kind of a mean where you can enjoy some of the wilder side, enjoy some of the more conservative side, and then find a way to balance yourself with saying, okay, if I want to be able to do this, I have to do this right here. And I, I think what a lot of people uh, miss in that is the fact that they don't regulate themselves. Like they didn't spend the time to educate themselves. And I, I think that in order to come to that place, man, like the only advice that I could give would be be open to new ideas, new experiences, and then be willing to listen. Like, and you can listen to other people, but also listen to yourself, right? Yeah. Because like, you have you got intuitions and instincts and feelings. He's like, hey, this doesn't feel, maybe I shouldn't be doing this, right? And, and instead of listening to that, you do it anyway, and then you find yourself in a situation that is completely, like, not what you wanted. Like, yeah. you're, whoa. You're, right? so, <laughs> this escalated quickly. Yeah, just like, whoa, this, es- like, yeah, this escalated quickly. Did not anticipate this at all. There's so many people here who are upset and have these strobe lights. Yeah. <laughs> like, oh, you want me to get in the back of that car? All right. (laughs) Yeah. Well, I think a lot of it, too, is us giving ourselves grace, forgiving ourselves on the journey. I think a lot of times as we try pulling ourselves out of this, because I could relate, man, my first couple of years in college, and I've told the story on the podcast, I was on academic probation after my first year. That wasn't a result of my intelligence. That was a result of my effort, me not going to class, me spending too much time at the fraternity house and not in class. And my parents knew it, and they said, you better shape up. And I was able to pull myself back. I was able to calibrate because that freedom is enticing. But if we don't forgive ourselves for slipping, we're going to beat ourselves down even more and we're never going to get up. So I think when we can give ourselves grace, because even in the journey, sure, when I was in my sophomore year working and getting my grades up, I still went to party sometimes. I still slipped sometimes, but I had to dust myself back off, get up. And and go back to class and pull that grade back up by the end of the semester, get ready for this midterm, whatever I had to do. But in real life, too, especially as we're, you know, spending too much throughout the month and we come at the end and it's like, oh, man, we didn't handle it that well. That reflectiveness and finding out what we can adjust, what we could fix, forgive mm-hmm. ourselves for it and move forward is really the ways that we, we see progress in life. It's really yeah. the ways that we start moving forward. And, and I think that's a, a, a another piece of that, like you were saying um, kind of about responsibility, it's also having foresight, like being able to plan for the future. Like a lot of people are really myopic, right? Like they can only see what's in the immediate. Yeah. And then that's that's a huge hamstring because like if you don't think about two weeks from now, then if you only had $200 in your bank account, he's like, well, that's all I needed today. <laughs> You're not talking about tomorrow, you. Tomorrow, he's like, I'm going to deal with that tomorrow. And tomorrow, he's like, hey, man, um, you didn't leave me enough money to pay bills. Yeah. So, um... I guess we're not going to have any lights. Um, (laughs) (laughs) I guess you're taking a shower with a cup of water that you stole from your neighbor. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, being able, being able to to plan, like there's, there's, there's a whole, the human experience, like the persona and all of that is a mosaic. And there's a lot of pieces that go into making us who we are. 
And when you focus too much on one side or one part that's really easy to pay attention to, then you neglect the parts that require like work and effort. All those words that no one really likes to say. It's like, ah, I'm not going to enjoy this at all, at all. But when you do that, that affords you the opportunity to actually be free. You're not free if you only focus on the things that you enjoy because you then becomes a slave to those appetites in that environment. And you won't be able to pull yourself out of it because you're you're stuck in that. You don't know how at that point. Yeah. Yeah. So um It's like my calendar. I reference it all the time. Um I have a very strict calendar. I have a lot of things on that, right? Yeah. And people look at it, they see the red, they see the blue, they see all the color codedness, and they say, doesn't that stress you out? Don't you feel restricted? And I'm like, listen, the restrictions of my calendar allow me to be free in the moment. The restrictions of my calendar allows me to plan for tomorrow, plan for two weeks from now. I know where I'm going to be. So me sitting down here doing this podcast with you, I'm not worrying about what's going to be on the dinner plate later on. I'm not going to worry about what I have to do tomorrow or two weeks from now because I've already allotted time for it. So those restrictions, the discipline is what actually sets us free. And I know it's kind of oxymoronic for people to absorb that. It's counterintuitive. (laughs) It's like, yo, you work extra hard and restrict yourself, you'll be free to say, huh? Exactly. Like, dude. <laughs> Just trust the process. Um, speaking of trusting the process, forgiving ourselves and moving forward, I'd like to ask you a personal story, something you're willing to share on the podcast right now, something you've overcome that gives you confidence moving forward. Because you mentioned earlier, hey, it's a journey. We're never done. But I think having the grace and having the confidence to take on the storms that come our way is yeah. important. And a lot of it comes from, uh, quite frankly, repetition. Yeah. People say, how do you build confidence? Do things that make you nervous until it doesn't make you nervous anymore. That's how you build confidence. So where does your confidence come from? And and what's a story you can share with our listeners that maybe could kind of pull some relatedness relatedness towards them that can help them uh, connect with you a little more? So I I think my life is pretty non-traditional in the sense that like I I couldn't pull like one particular story. Uh, My biggest struggle, my biggest issue is trusting people. Right. So. Um, I, I come from like a broken family and, you know, I hope my mom doesn't hear this and feel bad, but, um, that was not great. And there's no need to go into the details of that, but the, the family dynamic changed, right? Yeah. And so at one point, it was awesome having a family. We were upper, upper middle class and you feel a certain kind of way. You felt when you're a kid, you get into a particular group and like that, you at some point decide that that's who you are. And then one day, all of that changed, right? Like, so I couldn't wear, name brand clothes anymore like i started wearing one pair of jeans like four times a week right like i would swap out one shirt to you know try to make it seem like i got multiple outfits and so you start feeling that way and you don't really know who to talk to like in a situation like that so i didn't have or i didn't feel that i had at that time because i was really embarrassed like i didn't really feel that i had the uh personnel or the the infrastructure around me uh to be able to work through that in a way that made a lot of sense and would instill confidence in me. And I'm pretty sure I carried that for an incredibly long time. Um, and then uh, there was an incident where I was out in Texas and I was jumped and I felt I was jumped because I was black. Mm-hmm. Right. And I was at this club and I was jumped because I was black. And my employer at the time, um, they kind of talked to me. because I was like, yo, I'm about to quit. Like, this is my first time leaving South Carolina. And like, I never had this kind of experience outside of South Carolina. And here I am in Texas you know, and this is one of the first experiences I have. Like, great. This is a great introduction. This is terrible. I consider myself a pretty affable individual, pretty likable for the most part. I mean, I could be I'm a <laughs> smart aleck. I, mean, I, I get it. But um, 
they they set me up with a counselor uh, that wanted to talk to me. So this would be a story. And the counselor comes in uh, to the room, sits down, and we're in the room. And it felt like a solid hour or so, but it was maybe like five or ten minutes, if that long. And they didn't say anything. And I'm sitting there, and I'm, I'm really upset. Like, I'm raging mad, like just fuming because this has never happened to me before. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, hey, man, like, don't you think you should say something to get me talking? And his response is, well, do you want to talk? And I'm pretty smart. I was like, I don't want to play, like, these kind of games. They, <laughs> professionals said that you're the person that needs to talk to me to make me feel better about some event that happened in, in my past that you are aware of, and you're supposed to make it make sense for me. He's like, well, do you want it to make sense? I was like, all right, man, I'm not really going to have this conversation with you about this. He's like, I feel like I was jumped because uh, of my skin tone. And he's like, well, you know Michael Jordan was cut from the basketball team. That's what he said. <laughs> and I was like, and I was like, I need to, I need to go ahead. I'm trying to uh, process. It's like Michael Jordan was cut from a basketball team because he wasn't good enough. Huh. I was, I was jumped because I was trying to walk up some stairs. You telling me like I wasn't good enough? Like I don't understand the analogy. And then I kind of blew up at the dude. And from that point forward, I didn't really trust other people being able to process information for me. And I think at that moment, that probably pushed me out to the point where I became more reflective. Like I'm really internal with like a lot of stuff. Like uh, something's heavy going on. I don't really like to lean on people uh, because the more people you lean on seems good when everything's going well, like fair weather friends, right? When everything's going well, it seems amazing. But each one of those is a potential weak point. Mm-hmm. Each one of those people, because you don't know what's going on in their lives. And so I don't like to have to depend on someone else. Wow. Okay. Yeah. And yeah. it's that's just something that I've struggled with like for forever. Um, I've gotten past that like a lot, but when things get bad, like, you know, stuff's hitting the fan, people are going crazy. I'll start talking to people because I just don't trust other people's ability to pay attention and listen. Mm. So I learned that listening is really important um, in your ability to maintain your mental health, um, your ability to understand the context of whatever's unfolding, um, and to see that. Or the help you see that whatever is happening is just a, some more context or texture to your character uh, to help you become like whoever your name is, like whoever you are, right? Yeah. Like you're Ted. Like there's way more to you than what people are going to get when you try to describe yourself. Like, oh, you know, I'm a dude, I'm, I wear a hat, I date girls, work at a news station. But that's, those are like really small, minute details of what makes you who you are. Like you could never articulate every single thing that makes you Ted. Yeah. So you have your name. And so listening to me um, is super important. And I learned about that. And whenever and I really thrive in super chaotic environments, like so when everything is like incredibly chaotic, I start kind of coming around and trying to bring people together to get them to talk and have difficult conversations and get people to wait and then listen and not just wait for their turn to say whatever it yeah. is that they're going to say. So, um, yeah, man, trusting people. Like, I just not a <laughs> not something that just comes naturally to me. Like, people trust others, like, super easy. I'm like, man, I'm really envious of that. Like, I just can't mm-hmm. trust them. I could be friends with anyone or associates with anyone, right? Like, you don't get a ton of friends. You got a ton of associates. Yeah. Like, I can do that super easy. I can fit in almost any situation and thrive. But then if we start getting down to like really detailed information, have sharing personal information and stuff like that, I'm like, like, yo, Mm. you're getting a little too close. 
like, You're too close, man. Whoa. I need you. I need my six feet. Mask up. <laughs> I hear that. I hear that. And I think a lot of people do struggle with that, man. And at the same time, I do always encourage people to at least have a core group. You don't have to trust everybody. You don't have to walk by and say, I trust you. I trust you. I trust you. I do think it's helpful to have two, maybe three people you could rely on in the time. Keep your circle small, mm-hmm. but keep the quality high. Mm-hmm. While we still have time in the podcast, I do want to you know, touch on kind of where you've been able to come after, obviously, I appreciate you sharing that story. Yeah. And, and being in a spot now, though, as before the podcast, we were kind of talking, because I don't want to um, ignore what's going on right now, because there's a lot of people who are trying to navigate 2020. You said six feet, <laughs> mask up. There's a yeah, lot of people that are 20s a year. They're, they're, they're navigating this pandemic as best as they can. And maybe they've been furloughed. Maybe they've been uh, unemployed. You know, they're uncertain of where their next paycheck is coming from. They're trying to navigate these waters. How can people keep their spirits up, navigate what's going on? And how can we also embrace the chaos as someone who who thrives in the chaos and listens? How can we embrace this chaos and rise from the ashes as the phoenixes that we all are? Uh, one thing would be to realize that everything's always in a state of flux, which is chaotic, mm-hmm. right? So what we do is we build up um, these fantasies where it gives us a semblance of feeling in control of things. Once you realize you don't really control anything except how you can respond to whatever's happening to you, mm-hmm. um, I think that'll give you a lot more peace. And so with people dealing with COVID-19, right, and terrible pandemic, um, I didn't see it coming. Uh, no one did. Uh, I don't like how we responded to it uh, because I, I look at it as almost being announced with the masks, right? Um, we've got a, a sector or a faction of humans that say, you know, wearing a mask is an infringement upon my constitutional rights. And then you have another faction that says not wearing a mask is an infringement on my constitutional right to be healthy. Like you don't care about people. And in those moments, there's a space there where our leaders should be to facilitate a communication between the two to say, hey, that is a slight infringement. I, we can acknowledge that and get the other side to say, hey, okay, that is a slight infringement because we're imposing on you something that you don't want to naturally do on your own, right? Mm-hmm. And then get the other side to say, hey, these people uh, are concerned, are probably more emotive and they are concerned about the health of people who could potentially uh, be ravaged by this, who are you know immunocompromised and whatnot. And instead of having that type of a conversation, they say, yeah, you're right. It is an infringement on your rights. And so when people, it's kind of like a distilling of like something awful, right? So these people over here, they're in their echo chamber and they get more emboldened the more they hang around people who sound exactly like them, think like them and want to behave like them. They don't have any of that other side. It's just on their side right there. So they get emboldened in that. And same thing with the other camp. And it really like kind of breaks my heart a bit when we have adults who are, and I assume are far more intelligent than I don't have these realizations on their own. Like they just, they tra- they traffic, their stock and trade is whatever is popular at the time. Whatever caricature, you know, works for whatever side you're on, that's all that they point to. They no longer see you as Ted. They see you as the person that doesn't want to wear a mask. Or they don't see you as you. They just see you as a person that does want to wear a mask. So you're a sheep, you know, and you're a wolf because you won't listen to what everyone is telling you. It's like, well, hold on. Let's stop for a second. When you drive a car... 
And it's nighttime. You don't turn on your lights and you might have, you know, some night vision goggles and perfect vision at night. Yeah. They don't let you drive around with your lights off when it's dark. <laughs> Even though I can see what's going on. Yeah, you can see perfectly fine. There's a law in place that says, and if you don't abide by that, they snatch you up. You got a problem. Same thing. And, 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 like stuff like that just really baffles me because there, I can think of a million different instances when you, when people are out or when we are out in the public space, we have to give up some of our inherent freedoms so we can move about with others. Right. And, and people in stressful situations, people who believe that they have control over things, when they see that that control is slipping away, they retreat and hang out with people in mindsets that are like theirs that make them feel more comfortable in whatever ridiculousness, you know, yeah. they're engaged in at the time. And it, it, that's that's really disappointing because that's something that's happened like throughout history. Right. Like. If you talk nothing about new. <laughs> nothing, it's nothing really new. And it's it's sad because we have all these advancements in every like 20 years ago, this wasn't a thing. I've got a mini computer in my pocket. I have access to all the information on the planet mm -hmm. in my pocket. I think the problem though is the information that you're served with is strategically designed to, like you mentioned, match your view on the world. So while we have access to so many different perspectives, mm -hmm. while we have access to more information than any of our ancestors, we are provided with the information that is strategically filtered and censored to it, to match the way we see things. See, and I don't see it that way. Ah. And so I'm, I'm, again, I'm pretty odd in, in this way of thinking. I look at everything as no one's right, right? Like, no one knows anything. Facts. So let's say we're all standing around the statue of David, and everyone understands what the statue of David is, right? And so I ask you, you stand in one point, we'll say uh, one corner, you stand in a corner, I stand in a corner, and we say, sketch your side of it, and then you sketch your side, I sketch my side, and then say, show me which one is the real one. And if we don't have any conversations about how we all have a different vantage point of this one thing, we're all going to sit there and say that our sketch is the accurate sketch. Mm. Mm -hmm. When when you have a conversation, communicate and say, well, yeah, mine is right for where I was and like what I was able to see. And then you're like, well, yeah, well, this is, yeah, mine is a little different than yours too. It's like if you put them together, you get a more accurate description of what the subject is that you're sketching. Yeah. So that comes from having conversations and being willing to listen as opposed to, uh, finding someone, let's say there's a line of people that sketch just like you, and you're like, yeah, this idiot over here doesn't know what he's talking about. Y'all see this? Like, and y'all all sketch the exact same things. Y'all like high fiving each other, having a great time. Like, this dude is terrible. He drew like the penis or whatever it is. It's like, <laughs> yeah, I don't see a penis on my side. This dude is a pervert. So, I mean, I think when, when people get it, just keeps coming back to being willing to have a conversation, realizing that you're not right, we're all fall fallible. Like we don't have infinite anything, and so we're really limited in our scope of being able to understand any particular thing. We get a much more broad and comprehensive understanding of whatever the subject is that we want to discuss when we allow more voices into the room. I love that. Yeah. So um, absolutely, man. We're coming towards the end of our time, but I do want to kind of leave with with one last question. Basically, kind of piggybacking off what you were just mentioning about coming into the room, having the discussions, because I would like a lot of um, our listeners to kind of leave this podcast feeling empowered 
awesome. on on bridging some gaps in their lives, feeling empowered on you know taking on those projects that they might have been afraid to 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 hop into. So as we move through 2020 and the uncertainty that's there, and we open up the the communications and we open up the lines of communication, what should the goal be, man? Or what would your goal be? My goal would be to have um, a situation where more people have opportunities. And that's 2020 is as bad as it is uh, because not enough people had an opportunity to partake, partake in like, quote unquote, American dream. Right. Like so mm-hmm. uh, COVID-19 is disproportionately ravaging communities of color, people that are impoverished, people that don't have disposable income. How do we create an environment where uh, we bring them into the fold? So as a whole, we move better uh, as a unit, uh, as, a, as a country, as however you want to frame it, because we're super, divi- super divided right now. Like no one's really going to dispute that at all. And you're like, well, how did we get to this point right here? And you can look at a, a cascading set of events that just unfolded. And it was just like a perfect storm of just nonsense all over the place. It's like. At no point did anyone stop and say, you know what, maybe we should find a way to get people a livable wage. Because now if you were living on minimum wage, you had to get unemployment because your job was shut down. Well, the people that are saying, well, you know, you shouldn't be getting 900 a week for unemployment. And they're like, well, if you don't, if you don't offer that as an option, then the person that actually needs 900 a week gets 300 a week. And they, they've got like a kid, wife, two cars, picket fence in the house. You just screwed this person. And so it's just too much, too much of the divisiveness, man, and, and pitting people against each other. And so what I would hope um, people can get out of this podcast or having a conversation with someone who may be um, not similar in thinking with them is have listen to what the other side is saying, because that gives you more context to how life unfolds, like it's not the same for every single person. Like everyone walking in a pair of shoes isn't walking in the same pair of 13s. Some wear 14, some wear 21, some wear twos, whatever. So these are all different experiences. And when you can appreciate how everyone has something to bring to the table, um, it gives you a much better understanding of how we can all operate um, as a community, as a whole, as brothers and sisters. And, and, and I think that's what's missing. And I would say anyone that's trying to make it out of 2020, if you got a dream, go for it. Right? Like, don't don't wait for tomorrow because 2020 is showing you because we lost Black Panther. Right? Yeah. Chadwick. Yeah. And think about that. People weren't listening to him when he posted that video. Was it on Instagram, I think? People yeah. mocked the dude. Because he was so skinny. They mocked him. Yeah. I was like, yo, he's on drugs. Look at him, looking like a junk. Look, Black Panther's looking crazy. They ain't understanding. The dude was in terminal colon cancer. He was in a fight for his life. Fight for his life. Mm-hmm. And that's what we did. Instead of saying, "Hey, let's try to find out what we can do to help this dude." Hey, man, are you all right? Are you Are you okay? Like we've kind of gotten away from, and that was a, a, one of the things that I did like about the South when we came down here. Was like, "Hey, are you okay?" Right. We kind of got away from, "Hey, are you okay?" Right. And yeah, I mean, and, and I would just want people to focus a bit more on the humanity side of everything. Like, how is this going to impact? Like, I got a niece. Like, how are we going to make this better? So, like, my niece doesn't feel like she needs to have a Supreme Court decision to give her the same rights that I have. 
right? Mm. Like we shouldn't be doing that in 2020. Yeah. And you know, outside of that, man, just be happy, man. Just, just be happy. <laughs> enjoy, enjoy life. Like you only got one. Yeah, man. Find a good way to invest your time and make sure that you enjoy spending your time with whatever it is that you're doing and you're getting a return from it that makes you feel better as a person and enriches your life. And I think people will be in a much better place, man. I love that, man. Ty, how can folks connect with you, uh, see some of the work that you're doing? I know you have a lot of ambitious goals and, and things like that. I'd love for them to have an opportunity to connect with you, maybe reach out to you and start a conversation where they can yeah. learn to listen and you can listen and maybe move towards that that hope that you mentioned in terms of just I mean, you know coming together. You can find me on Facebook. I'm on it. Everybody's on it. Uh, Ty Washington. I'm in your group. Yeah. Um, you know, Modern Man. You can find me there. Um, you know, you can text me. I give out the phone number eight six four five six one zero five four one. Anybody ever needs to talk, I'm always willing to listen. Right. Nice. And that's I think that's one of the most important things. People feel like no one wants to hear what they're going through when they're going through it, and I. I'm 100% okay with being a person because I've been there. I know what it feels like to have to go through something that took you completely out of your zone and you're a little confused and you actually talk to someone and they don't listen. Mm -hmm. And so I want to make sure that people are aware that there are people out there who will listen. And so, yes, you might need to talk or want to talk, have yeah. a conversation about anything. I love conversations. <laughs> com the, the more, the more uh, difficult the topic, the more I love it. I love that, man. Yeah. yeah. Well, so. I know we're going to have more conversations outside of this podcast. You know, this podcast could have been hours long. We might have Dude. to do our own little behind the scenes on the Patreon page and just sit down, let the, let the cameras go, let the mic, you know what? No cameras, just let the microphones go and just yeah. see how long we go for it. Jump on all the topics, no holes barred. But of course, that's going to be for our Patreon subscribers that continue to support us for as little as $1 a month. We appreciate you. You can get some more audio from Ty Washington before we round out the podcast, just hitting on some of the points that you dropped man you know first education being so important but it's an opportunity for you to learn yourself and we're talking about college education and of course the ball and chain a lot of folks have to deal with that and they get in the rat race through life it's terrible but um we also write your own story find the things that bring your heart joy find the things that help you and invest in that don't be afraid to lean into that even though sometimes the surrounding the environment around you might push you away from it that's fear don't let that fear get in the way of what you want to do in life. And of course, you know, everything is in a state of flux. We're in a world of chaos right now. 2020 has unveiled uncertainty in your face. And there's a lot of discussions going on right now that don't always go peacefully, that don't always drive home the message that's trying to be driven home. Yeah. As Ty said, the goal and the hope is to come together, find a common understanding because we all have this experience called life that we're going through and we see a different perspective. But how can we all walk this life together? I hope you guys enjoyed this episode. Ty, once again, man, thank you for the time. Appreciate you, brother. Appreciate you. It's always a pleasure, man. Thank always. You. Thank yeah. you. And to the listeners and the watchers on YouTube, we would appreciate you liking this hit that like button share this with a friend if you enjoyed the content help us spread the word of this podcast and leave us a rating let us know how we're doing we would love to hear from you on that i'd even love to shout out some of you that leave us ratings i'll be keeping an eye out for that i also have all the links for ty in the show notes so you can contact him even text him he gave you his number yeah. so make sure you utilize that and as we always say at the end of the episode guys everybody wants the sunshine but they don't want the rain but you can't get the pleasure without a little pain Let's grow.
No Rain, No Rainbows podcast is recorded at Camaraderie, a collective workspace in Greenville, South Carolina, right off the Swamp Rabbit Trail. If you're looking for a place to grow your business, network with other professionals, and establish your own workspace, Camaraderie is the place to do so. Get access to high-speed internet, private showers and towel service, free methodical coffee, and free beer on tap. For more details, be sure to head over to camaraderiecowork.com or hit the link in the show notes and find out how you can lock in your space with rates starting at just $99 a month. Be sure to tell them that Ted sent you and try it out for free. You never know, you just might find a new home at Camaraderie. Let's grow.